This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, it's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio with new dad, Matthew Bovey. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you. We bookend the week. We bookend the week with podcasts on the Monday episode. I was getting ready to head out to the hospital. And today we are a couple days home. We have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Elia. We are over the moon. We're just so excited and happy. It's been an unbelievable couple days. It is. um, She she is beautiful. Everybody's Thank good, you. right? Everybody's Everybody, fine. Everybody's home. Yeah, everybody's healthy. Yeah, mom was a rock star. Baby's doing well. I mean, sleep deprivation is real, but we're getting better every single day. The staff at Oshai Children's Hospital, incredible. They were so helpful from the minute we got there to the minute that we left. So shout out to everybody over at Oshai. Uh, it's funny you walk in there. It's just bills everything. It's like Josh Allen bills everything all over the hospital. There's posters, there's signs. It's all of this stuff. So obviously they're big bills fans. And then when we had Elia, they come out with a couple different signs. They come out with one that they put her footprints on. And then they come out with like another sign that's got a little bills logo. And it's basically like the newest bills fan. And then it's got her name and her weight and everything, which is amazingly adorable. So we are all doing well. Thank you for checking in earlier in the week. I appreciated that. I've appreciated everybody who's checked in. It's uh, it, it has certainly been some of the most memorable days of our lives. That's for sure. Okay. So two quick questions before we move on that I have mm-hmm. to know. Number one, we had the conversation. What was the drive light a home? Like, you know, it was actually, I was not as nervous about the drive as I have been about going to sleep. So I've been really anxious about going to sleep with the baby because I'm just worried that I'm going to sleep through something, whether she's, you know, like gagging or, you know, she turns the wrong way or whatever. The drive home was scary, but we also did it at like 2.30 in the afternoon. So there wasn't a ton of people on the road. So I just was like, okay, let's try and make this as normal as possible. I think I told you on the phone, I threw on WGR to just like listen to some radio just to have the background noise. I think I would have been more nervous in a silent car with just, you know, like all my focus on. So I was just, I'm going to put the radio on. My wife is going to sit in the back seat with the baby and we're just going to treat this like any other drive. And then I actually had to drive her to the doctor the next day. So it was kind of the same mindset that day. It's just like, let's try and keep it as normal as possible. So the merges were a little bit more nerve wracking than normal, but you know, we did the first couple trip uh, road trips, which is good. Second question. Tell me about your mom. When you had a girl, like, you know, you, you were keeping this secret from everybody <laughs> only you and your wife knew what the gender yep. of the baby was going to be. Yep. It is. And then what happened? Tell me about the process that all took place there. 
it was everybody was shocked. Most people that we had talked to, most people in our really tight circle thought it was going to be a boy. So when they found out it was a girl, it was just a mixture of like you're overjoyed because this is their for both sets of parents, this is their first grandchild. So they're just overjoyed with that. Then the fact that it was a girl caught them completely off guard. Right now with COVID restrictions, you're allowed to have two people at the hospital. So it was me and it was my mother-in-law. And when my mother-in-law found out it was a girl, she like literally dropped her purse in the doorway. She's like, what? It's a do- it's a girl. Um, and same thing, like most of the people who we had been talking to thought it was a girl. So I'm proud of us for not slipping up because it was really, really close a few times. I slipped up once to one person at work, my coworker, Taylor Epps, just sitting there having a conversation. I was like, yeah, we can't wait to bring her home or something. And she, her eyes went up and I was like, I cannot believe I did that. But besides that, we kept that thing in a vault from the time we found out up until now. I looked it up. We found out on September 10th what we were having. And considering we each only slipped up a handful of times, that's pretty good. Awesome, man. Congratulations to you. Um, now you hashtag girl dad. That's what you yes. have now. You can you can add whenever you want to add to it. And I um I obviously have a son, not a daughter. Um, but I know that it's gotta be thrilling absolutely to have a daughter, an Italian man like you to have a daughter that you'd be huh. so close to for the rest of your life is gonna be an amazing experience. Sitting at home on Wednesday night, we came home Wednesday afternoon and just sitting on the couch and like watching the Sabres game with her. I was just like, This is this is like bliss. I'm like thinking about you like start to like your mind starts to race. Yeah. And I know it's the easiest thing to try and look ahead and you always have to try and be in the moment with as many things as you can. But I've so many times in the last couple of days caught myself thinking like, okay, like she's going to have a first day of school. She's going to have, you know, all of these milestones that like we need to be around for and we need to be healthy for one day. Hopefully God willing, you walk her down the aisle. Like these are things that like you start to think about and it's crazy when you start looking at it, big picture like that. And then you got to pull it back and you're like, okay, well she needs to be fed in a couple hours. You got to burp her. You got to make sure she's getting some sleep. We got to make sure that, you know, the dog isn't bothering her. So the day to day has been, a learning process for sure. There has not been downtime since we got home. That's for sure. There, there's been a little downtime and it's right now. So that's why we're doing the podcast right now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, that, yeah, you're right, man. Enjoy every moment. It does go. Everybody says it goes fast and you don't yeah. realize how fast it goes until it goes really fast while you were away, Matt. Um, a lot happened. A lot, a lot happened with the Buffalo <laughs> bills. And we knew this time it was kind of going to happen this week as, as you guys were, were having your baby. But um. Jordan Poyer resigning with the bills, I think would be the first, you know, the biggest news of when you're away. I mean, I think yeah. this is huge news for the bills anyway, this off season, you know, it was starting to trend that way a little bit as far as, well, where's he going to go? It seemed like there were just more safeties coming off the board and they weren't getting a lot of money. And you kept thinking, I know I was really thinking about him coming back maybe after the first day and a half of free agency of, uh, of the, um, negotiating period, even like, Hey, is there going to be a spot left for Jordan Poyer somewhere? Because I know he still loves Buffalo. Maybe does he come back? Well, we know he resigns and now we know the numbers by the way, and they are not all that great. Jordan signs for a $4 million signing bonus and his base salary this year, 2023, 2.24 million. So really this year it's only, it's less than 7 million. And then he has a base salary next year of less than 5 million, which is only guaranteed on the fifth day of the league year. So this is not a huge deal. I would suspect he was disappointed in what the market held for him. But at the same time, I know that, you know, 
he loves playing in Buffalo. So, you know, it's kind of bittersweet probably for Jordan in, in, in one sense, but obviously for the bills and their fans, this is tremendous to get him back. Dare I say this is the best case scenario from the bill standpoint for Jordan Poyer. I know he probably wanted to get more money, but we've said on the podcast a ton that it's not in the bill's best interest to give somebody who's his age, a long-term contract. He's going to be 32 in a little bit. Well, they didn't give him a long-term contract. They gave him a two-year contract. So now while you're still firmly in your Super Bowl window, you get a guy who's a really good player to help you for the next couple of years and try and figure out what you're going to do long-term with the safety position. I did not see a path to this happening. I was really, really surprised. Now, I had a lot of things going on when it happened, but I still have on my phone all of the notifications set for all of our colleagues that cover the team. So it's sitting there on Wednesday afternoon. I'm in the hospital room. We're just kind of sitting around waiting until we can go home. And that happens. And I'm like, what? Like At first, I I don't know who had it first. It might have been Rappaport who had it first. And I think I saw the notification. And I was like, what? Like That's fishy. That doesn't seem right. And then it just kept happening, kept happening. Later in the afternoon, the team made the official announcement and the numbers were never released, which was an indication to me that this was going to be a very team-friendly deal for the Bills. And now, as you've pointed out, now that you've got the numbers, it is a very team-friendly deal for the Bills. I think this worked out exactly probably how they were hoping it would. No doubt about it. And uh, let's go back even, maybe you go back to training camp. And it seemed like the bills just weren't super eager to get this done. And maybe I want to kind of think about it differently and say, maybe they really did want to get it done all the time, but they kind of wanted Jordan to understand his market and they let the market dictate, dictate it for them. It kind of let, you know what I mean? Let, let it play out so he could see it before sh- showing him or insulting him with some low offer or anything like that. that. That's kind of what I'm thinking now. I don't know this, but the way I'm thinking about it is, you know, he's the kind of player you'd think the bills would love to have. And maybe they just felt, Hey, let's wait a year. He'll see. And then we'll have a better chance of signing him. We don't want to just lowball him now and have him get really mad at us. And we don't think maybe they valued him correctly from the beginning and didn't really want to go down that road until maybe they knew that he would realize it in the very end. It's almost like the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore right. where they're kind of saying like, okay, we'll go see what you're worth. And then we'll have the conversation again for the bills. It's a little bit more. I know we're talking about a quarterback and a safety. It's more risky for the Ravens, but for the Bills' standpoint, it's a little riskier because he's legitimately just a free agent and he can sign everywhere. But it's almost like they bluffed a little bit, like they're playing a game of poker and they bluffed and they're just like, hey, like if you can go get more, we will happily let you, you know, head on to greener pastures. We are so thankful for what you did. And then you know, we don't know. Maybe there was a little bit more money out there, but maybe it was a little bit more money at some teams that weren't interesting to him. We talked about the tweets. Well, maybe he was going to other places that have really high taxes and that wasn't going to be a factor either way. Maybe he was holding out for, you know, the Dolphins because he's got a house close to there or something in Texas and that didn't work out. So he's like, well, you know, I would rather go to the Bills for this amount of money than a marginally amount more to go to some other team. Now, the other part of this is on the field. Obviously there's the market value of Jordan Poyer and getting him back. Somebody made a great point. I was trying to explain it and someone else explained it even better than I could when they said it this way. I said, that's a great way to say it. I kept saying the last few days, Hey, Jordan's great. Micah's great, but together they're even better than what they normally are. And the way someone said it to me, and I like this, well, two plus two normally equals four. 
when you get these two guys together, two plus two equals five, you're literally elevating the play of each guy simply by having the other guy next to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And as I've started to think about it more, we always thought Tremaine Edmonds was the guy who was more likely to stay here. And it's because of all of the other factors. It's because of the age. It's because of the trajectory of his career. He's going to cash in on two more big contracts. He was a homegrown player that was drafted by the organization. But I think I'm willing to make the argument this year that having Poyer is a bigger impact or will have a bigger impact than having Tremaine Edmonds will just because when those two guys are healthy, like you said, the two plus two equals five thing, they are so dynamic. There are so many things the bills weren't able to do this past year defensively because they were missing one or both of those guys at multiple times. I mean, the record speaks for itself. Didn't they lose one game with Jordan Poyer on the field and it was their last game of the year. Last game. They were what 13 and 0 with him in the lineup, I think. And then they lost the playoff game. I think that was the case. That's the thing I have to keep going back to in my head of just, you know, you never can predict what injuries are going to happen. You can never predict how a season is going to play out, but for the bill, standpoint defensively. Yes. You lose Tremaine Edmonds. That will be a big loss, but you're getting back both of your safeties and you're getting back Von Miller. Like that defense looked like a different group when they had him on the field. He's a year older. Maybe the expectations need to be reined in a little bit, but I think on paper, if they're healthy, the defense is going to be just as good if they were last. Well, their personnel is just as good as it was for most of the season last year. I don't know how they'll do without Leslie Frazier and with whoever's going to be calling the calls, but personnel wise, I think it's pretty close to a wash. Before we move on, Jordan said at his press conference with the media, he said, I'm home. This is where I'm going to finish my career. What do you think the chances and the odds are of that actually happening? Pretty high, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just because so he's going to be 32 years old Mm -hmm. by the time he gets his next, you know, by the time he becomes a free agent again, assuming he stays for both years, you're talking about a 34 year old safety. I don't think at that point you're uprooting your family and you're moving for, you know, a one or two year contract to a team, unless it's, you know, an absolute stud contender team. And you're trying to just chase one more ring who maybe the bills start to not be good. And he wants to go somewhere else. Like there's a lot of possibilities that happen, but if the bills stay as one of these top teams in the NFL, I think he plays out his contract. And then if he wants to stick around another year, maybe they sign him to a one-year contract or they just kind of, I've never felt like I've always felt that way about Micah. I've always kind of felt like Micah Hyde was going to either play for the bills or retire. But now I kind of feel that way about them as a tandem. So like, I know Jordan's contract is a year longer than Micah's. I could see a world where next year, Micah's contract runs out and they're like, Hey, run If they can run it back and do it with Jordan. And, you know, we're going to continue to let these guys develop and see what happens. They've always kind of had them running out one year apart though. So I don't know if they want to do that, have them both run out at the same time, but at the same time, I will also say, I don't think it's a guarantee that Jordan's on the field in 2024. They may need some cap space then, and maybe they feel like they have a safety and a replacement. If they can both stay healthy. I just think Matt to wrap up this part, if Micah and Jordan both stay healthy, I just think it's such a massive, massive win for the bills because they could be so good on the back end compared to what we saw last year. when we saw so many deep balls go against this team and critical big plays against this team when we had not seen that for several years. But another part of that is what else happens in the secondary. Let's talk about that. And it's always game day in Buffalo. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. All right, also coming down just before we started recording, Matt, Dane Jackson, he was an RFA, but the Bills shaved some money off his 2.8 or so RFA tender. They got him for a lower rate. He's coming back. And I think one of the big byproducts of Jordan Poyer resigning is now you don't have to move Christian Benford to safety or feel pressure to do it. At least now you can kind of see where his best fit is. There's this really kind of takes away a glaring need, which is safety. And now you have even more options at cornerback, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, you hope Kyrie Elam, you know, Tredavious white, this just helps everybody. Yeah, I think so. I do like the idea of bringing Dane Jackson back. Well, it's not an idea anymore. It's happening. Mm -hmm. I like that they're bringing him back for the number that they're doing just because he's somebody who's familiar with the system. I feel like Dane Jackson got taken advantage of at multiple times last year, and he was one of the weak links on the defense, but he was also playing in a role that's bigger than he probably should have been playing. And because Tredavious white was hurt, I liked what we saw from Dane Jackson after the Trey injury two seasons ago, last year, it felt like, He was always just trying to play catch up a little bit as to his peers out in the field. But I do think it's good depth. It's a familiar face. If he's your third or fourth guy, you probably feel pretty good about the group that you have. And you know he can play if he needs to. You probably don't want him playing every single week as a starter. They like to rotate guys. He's going to be active on game days. He's going to be their third or fourth guy. He's going to get a couple reps here and there. He's totally capable of doing that, especially for somebody whose cap hit is probably somewhere around $2 million. Yeah. So we'll see where they go in the secondary, as far as moving parts around and what they can kind of, you know, play with and where everybody fits. Like I said, maybe Christian Benford still does go to safety. Maybe that's something they do. And something that Brandon Bean talked about is even DeMar Hamlin, Matt DeMar mm-hmm. Hamlin wants to play and he's going to try and get checked out. And what did I think Bean alluded to maybe one more checkup with the doctors, but that's something that he's going to try and do. He wants to play football again. Do not rule out DeMar Hamlin playing safety for the Buffalo bills or something special teams, whatever in 2023. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you know the answer to this. So yesterday, I believe Brandon said they have around $9 million, correct? In cap space nine to nine and a half. And then they released Isaiah McKenzie. We haven't talked about that yet. So that would give them to 11, 11 and a half. Okay. Was so that actually 11 and a half to 12. Was that also including the Dane contract? Or do you think that that was, cause I'm thinking Isaiah and Dane are a wash. If that was not including it, the way he made it sound, that was not including it. Like 
the way he made it sound was right now we have this, but remember Dane, he was counting 2.8 on their cap and the way it made, he made it sound once they shave him down, they'll have extra cap room. Okay. So they shave him down, saves extra cap room. They release McKenzie. So now they're theoretically up to about 11 and a half million dollars, right? Close to maybe 12 maybe million dollars. Yeah. 12, 12 and a half, maybe even overall. Yeah. And it's probably a safe bet. They need what three for their draft picks. That's a, that's a good number. Yeah. Go with three. They're going to pay out in cash 7 million, but because of the top 51 rule, which is basically only the top 51 cap hits count in the off season, some of those draft picks will fall under that. So yes, you're right. I'd say budget about $3 million for your rookie class. And then as Brandon Bean put it, you also have to budget about $3 million for practice squad call-ups, elevations and injury replacement costs throughout the season. So right now they have about $6 million of wiggle room that they can spend assuming they don't do anything else. Mm -hmm. You think that that's a couple players periodically here and there. You think it's maybe somebody who's, you know, going to be in that five, $6 million range. And then they just kind of fill everything else with vet minimum guys. What do you think they do? I think if they really want somebody, they now they have a room to still go get that person take on a very minimal cap hit this year, spread the money out at the same time. I think they'll probably they're going to go the route. They kind of have been going the last few years, of course, other than Von Miller last year, where they're going to fill it out with guys who aren't making huge salaries, but leave themselves open for a chance. If they do have someone become available and that includes people on rosters right now, someone gets released. They have money to say, Hey, let's go get that guy right now. Yeah. That's probably the right way of looking at it. I was a little bit surprised. And I know what Brandon said at the press conference on Thursday, I've been a little bit surprised by the lack of volume with the deals, not necessarily the people that they've signed, but how few signings there have been. It feels like in years past, it's been busier. And I know we're not done yet. It is only Friday when we're recording this, there's a chance that they make a couple moves next week, but it just feels like they haven't done too much. Am I reading it wrong? Do you, do I have the wrong read on this? No, they haven't done much. In fact, (laughs) Isaiah McKenzie he was released earlier today, March 17th. That's when we're recording it. Matt, he's the first person this entire offseason this team released. I can never remember a year. Maybe you can. I never remember a year that they never had one single player release all offseason through the first two days of free agency. It's incredible. Now, that said, they also haven't, like you said, the volume brought a lot of guys in. Connor McGovern, Deontay Hardy, Kyle Allen, um, and then obviously... Um, who they just signed um, pretty much it Jordan Poyer, but I'm not going to count in. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's what it. I mean. So you're going to have, you're going to have, um, yes, it's going to be less guys. So, and the, the crazy part about it is they have to add about close to 40 guys, 35 guys or so to this roster before training camp. Yeah. I think for the most part, there are a lot of things that could happen. They've probably got for their 53, what 45 guys who they know are going to be on the roster playing in those spots. I mean, who knows? Like there's a long way to go and we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, there's very few jobs that are available on this team because they've got a lot of people who are returning. We know that it's going to be some combination of Naheem Hines and James cook and insert name here. I still think Singletary is a possibility. The longer we go into free agency. I, I, I agree with you, except for one thing, go ahead. Brandon Bean said they, I'm steering away from Devin Singletary now, as much as I still think it's possible he comes back, they're looking for a bigger running back. He basically said that he said, we know all our guys are 200. We're looking for maybe something a little bit, a little bit more than that. You know, somebody with a different, a different body, different style. However, he phrased it. 
I think that's a clear indication that it's not Devin Singletary, although that wouldn't rule him out even getting another job on top of that. Okay. So, which makes sense of why there was the smoke around Jamal Williams, because he would mm-hmm. kind of check that box and ultimately yep. that didn't end up happening. So I think they got to figure out another, another running back. However, they end up getting to that person. I think they need to sign a few more viable offensive linemen just to make sure that you've got options because injuries always happen there. Mm-hmm. I think you probably need to figure out what does the market look like for both Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips? Mm-hmm. Because if those contracts are reasonable, I think you might have an upper hand in any of those negotiations. If it's like, okay, Jordan Phillips can go get $3 million from a different team. Maybe the bills are willing to give him two and a half or something like that. And I think probably besides that, you need to do at least one more thing at wide receiver. I still think that that's a very big need for this team. I like the addition that they made. I know Isaiah McKenzie, we'll talk about Isaiah McKenzie in the next segment. I know it feels like the writing was on the wall for McKenzie. So I still think they need another bona fide outside threat to be like their number two or three, because I think of, you know, him as a four. Um, yeah. And then that, after that, it's just kind of all just filling out those, those extra spots on the roster. All right, let's talk about Isaiah McKenzie. And then we're going to tie this into Deontay Hardy, formerly Deontay Harris. You know, uh, I've first like, of all, go I've ahead. been, av- I've almost been avoiding saying his name for the last minute because I still in my head registers as Harris. Like when I, I think I, of him as a player, I think of him as Harris, not as Hardy. I, I totally get it. Um, if you want to go look at highlights or learn about him, you might have to look up Deontay Harris, but mm-hmm. he is his of name is now Deontay Hardy. He changed his name. He is signed. Brandon Bean talks about, I think what a lot of people thought, which is, well, we might have too many duplicates. He even said that we have to think about if we have too many duplicates, guys like him, Naheem Hines, uh, Deontay Hardy. And then of course, Isaiah McKenzie, they release Isaiah McKenzie. Let's start with McKenzie, the postscript on his Buffalo bills career, which it looks like who knows, maybe they sign him back at a lesser rate sometime down the road. I mean, that's happened before Yeah, um, covering him off the field and then on the field, what he did or didn't do for the bills. One of my favorite players that I can remember covering for this team, just such a fun person. I know that it was not always continue it, just a ton of success on the field. There were flashes of that for certain. You think back to last summer, we were glowing about Isaiah McKenzie and his potential of replacing Cole Beasley in this offense. It just never really worked out really for the bills or for McKenzie whatever, but taking the football side away from it, it was just so refreshing dealing with him. And he was just such a genuine person. He always made the time of day for media and he was just a really fun guy. So I'll, I'll miss his presence in the locker room. I know fans loved him because of the karaoke stuff on Instagram and because of all the fun that he used to have in the community, but Isaiah McKenzie, just a cool, fun dude. And I'll miss that kind of person inside the locker room. No doubt about it. And He was always a guy willing to talk to us, things like that. My wife asked me, are you sad for Isaiah? And I said for him, like, yeah, of course. Right. He loves it here. He even said there's, he could write a book and how much he loved it here, but he just said, thank you. But Isaiah is the kind of guy that no matter what he does in life, Matt, he'll be good at it. Right. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. He owns his own restaurant. He's a dancer, singer. This guy can kind of do it. He's, you know, does the podcast with Ty Dunn, you know, media, whatever. If, if whatever Isaiah wants to do, he'll be fine at it. So I think, Hey, you know, he's going to be okay. But on the field, 
I just think it never worked out last year the way the team wanted to. We kept hearing in training camp, he's the guy, he's the guy, slot guy, slot guy. There was a lot of buzz about him. It never really materialized. So they went out and they got a guy who is a lot like Isaiah McKenzie, but I think offers even more juice in the wide receiver game because he could play outside. He could play inside. He could stretch the field vertically. That's Deontay Hardy. Now listening to Brandon Bean yesterday, he's number number one. He's going to play wide receiver. Number mm-hmm. two, he's a return man. It's not the other way around. It's not, Hey, we got a return man who can play wide receiver. It's we got a wide receiver here. And if Matthew smiley wants to put him at return, then so be it. He can do that. He also has Naeem Hines. That's why I would say when you think about the bills receiving core this year, anybody out there, you have to include him as a, a legitimate guy. That's going to be on the field quite a bit. I'm looking at the outlook of this bills offense as him as the number four. I mean, I don't know if that's all that's what being called him. Okay. Like they called him the number four. I'm going into this as like, you know, you're going to be versatile. We're going to use you for the short stuff, but you also can play in the boundary and try and stretch the field because you're super fast. If something happens to Nahum Hines, then you can fill in and you can be the special teams guy, the main special teams guy. Maybe they break it up. Maybe they have one of them do kickoffs and they have one of them doing punt returns. Who really knows how it's going to play out? But no, I, I think of him more as a wide receiver than I think of him as a special teams addition, even though his accolades as a player up to this point in his career are his special teams. And I think why it didn't work out for McKenzie was if you're going to have the skill set that he has, you have to be able to be versatile. And I never felt like they completely trusted him as a special teams role player. I just feel like even when they tried to, that's when the mistakes would happen. There was the really, I think it was a really tough night. He had one really tough special teams game and McDermott was pretty critical of him after that game. And I can't remember what it was um, last year or the year before the year before. Well, that maybe he got back. Yeah. That, you talk yes. about Isaiah McKenzie, right? Yes. It was the Colts when he just dropped the ball on the kickoff and it got it, like, it was literally, he slipped and dropped the ball. Right. He was, he was inactive the next week for Marquez Stevenson. You're right because the Colts game, you're right because the Colts game was right before Thanksgiving. Right. And I remember Marquez Stevenson made his debut on yes. Thanksgiving in correct. New Orleans. So, so you're correct there. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, it just never felt like that became as big of a part of his workload as they wanted it to. And given the limitations as just strictly an offensive player, they thought that they needed to go in a different direction. So, okay. So, your thought about Hardy, though, I mean, what and how he can fit in here because this is the guy's not not big. He's smaller than Isaiah. He's like five. He's like five, eight, right? I think he's might be five, six. I got to go look at it to be honest with Jeez. you. But, but the point is like, this is not a guy who people, when they signed him thought the, the reaction for a lot of bills fans was here we go. Special teams again. I'm telling you from what Brandon Bean said yesterday, this is a guy that's playing wide receiver and then they can put him on special teams that they want. I feel like it would be ignorant of me to make a complete assessment of somebody who I have not seen be utilized in an offense as much as, you know, I probably should have like this past week, I've been a little distracted. So when I think of him, I think of him as a special teams player, but I also know what Brandon said about him as a weapon for the offense and not just for special teams. So I just don't know enough about him yet. I'm looking forward to watching him because it feels like he is somebody who can take the top off of people. And I also know that the reaction from all of the smart people who I follow 
on Twitter, on social media about football, all seemed to like the addition. Yes. They were like, yeah, this guy has a ton of upside. He could be a really interesting weapon and he's had injury stuff. So like he hasn't had as huge of a role the last couple of years because of injuries and offenses. And it's not like new Orleans has, you know, an amazing track record of quarterbacks these last couple of years. So I think putting him into an offense where you've got a guy like Josh Allen, maybe there's some untapped potential that they can uh, kind of, you know, lean into. Turf toe injury cost them all of 2022. And you're right. Uh, PFF people really, really like him. Nick Underhill who covers the saints down in New Orleans. We had him on WGR really likes him. Everybody's every, all these people are saying the same thing, which is great fit for the bills offense. If he stays healthy, which he did have the one injury, not like he'd been injured a lot in his career. He had the one no. injury turf toe, but he's also not a giant, right? To steal a term that Dick Duran once used about Roscoe Parrish. He's not a giant out there. So you got to be careful sometimes how often you use him because of the punishment on his body. So we'll see what that means. Um, did we talk last time? I think they'd already signed Connor McGovern, right? Did we already they had not yeah. already officially signed him, but, but we talked about it, but we talked about it because the reports had already been out there that, you know, he was going to be an addition. All right. Well, let's then shift and talk about the backup quarterback. The bills have new guy, same name. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Kyle Allen, the Bills backup to Josh Allen. He also joins Matt Barkley. Now, I've asked this trivia question a couple of different times on the radio to people. Okay. You have been very busy, so I don't know if you've heard it, so I will ask you. Okay. Trivia question. Who has oh. played more NFL games regular season, Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley? Matt Barkley. Incorrect. Dang. Matt Barkley came into the league five years before Kyle Allen, but yet he's played 19 total games. Kyle Allen has started 19 games and he's played 23. Okay. So I actually looked at, I knew that Kyle Allen had started 19 games. Okay. I assumed when you right. asked me that question that Matt Barkley has played more than 19 games, which is a little surprising to me. <laughs> I know, right? So For actually, Kyle Allen, this guy who's five years younger, has a little bit more experience in actual NFL games than Matt Barkley. But now they're going to go to camp and they're going to battle it out. Do you expect Kyle Allen to win the starting job and Matt Barkley just to be the practice squad quarterback again? Absolutely. I do. I mean, I think it wasn't that long ago that Kyle Allen was starting semi-meaningful games for, right. I think, I think of him with Washington. I don't think of him with Houston. I think of when he was with Washington, he was also with Carolina, right? Yes, he was. In fact, his time there for literally a couple of weeks crossed paths with Joe Brady. Let me look right now and see. I just want to look at his career log. Okay. So yes, when I think of him, I think of 2020. So it was the COVID year. He started four games. Wow. That's interesting. He started four games for the 
Washington. I think they were the Washington football team at that point in 2019 though. He started 12 games for the Panthers. Wow. 12 games. He was five and seven. He threw 17 touchdowns and had 16 interceptions. So I think of him as somebody who is, you know, a pretty par for the course backup quarterback. He's not an amazing backup quarterback. He's not the worst backup quarterback possible. I think he's, you know, exactly what you need out of a backup. And he's also really good friends with Josh Allen. And that helps <laughs> no doubt about it. So it looks like the bills have their um, quarterback situation sorted out. Uh, it doesn't rule them out necessarily drafting a young guy, but at this point, I don't know why they would Matt. The only, the only reason you do that is to have an asset after four years, because it's not like the young guy's going to take over for Josh Allen anytime soon. Josh, well, just, you know, Josh is just starting his, his contract. What, what do you want to say about that? Well, they tried with Jake Fromm. I mean, I would say never say never because with Jake Fromm, it was like, well, maybe you'll turn into a long-term backup project and it never just worked out. But if somebody falls to them on day three of the draft and they really like that player, mm -hmm. there's no reason Matt Barkley has to, assuming they keep two quarterbacks on their active roster, I know exactly what you're saying. But if somebody falls to you, why not take a flyer on something? Here's the problem with that. And I agree with you. Here's the problem, but you could, it doesn't become a problem because then you would just kind of shift roles between him and Kyle Allen. Here's the issue I have though, because everything you say is right, but I've played this out in my mind. Let's just say there's a guy there that they like in the fourth round because they have a really good high grade on him. Like, Hey, like we need, this is a guy that we can add to our team. Well, in order to get him on the practice squad, you have to release him, and he goes yeah. on waivers and someone else is going to claim him. Otherwise he's got to be on your active roster and backing yeah. up Josh Allen. Well, that's why it's interesting unless you keep three quarterbacks. If you, or you really... could release Kyle Allen and hope nobody picks him up and puts a waiver claim on him, and that could happen too. Then he goes on your practice squad, and then you release Matt Barkley just outright. I think that given – I very much understand what you're saying, but given the way that you are now being affected by Josh Allen's salary cap mm -hmm. and his cap hit, maybe it is time to draft somebody because you need a cost-controlled backup option for the foreseeable future. How long did Kyle Allen sign for? Do we even know? I have to look. It might've been a two-year deal. I have to look at that, but I don't even, I don't even think it's been out there. Uh, maybe not. I'll have to look at that. But the other part of this is don't the bills operate now in a space where look, if something happens to Josh for four games, we're not putting a rookie out there. We got to have a guy that can win some games that we're comfortable with. So one year deal for Kyle Allen. Right. But they had, think of the backups they had. Um, Derek Anderson. That, that, that might not count, I guess, because yeah, that's too how about Trubisky. Trubisky and, and case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yep. Right. I mean, like these are guys who we're not going to leave our three or four game stretch without Josh Allen to chance. We're going to put it a guy. We think we trust he's been there before. That's why I find it hard that them, that they would take a, a really young guy. I get what you're saying. And I don't disagree. If you have a really high value on him and he's there, I mean, you take him, and then maybe you just, you, you put him on the roster or whatever. I just find it hard to believe that they would think that, they could win with a rookie quarterback if Josh Allen gets hurt for a few games. I don't think it's likely. I, I, I think that there's other positions that make more sense for them to draft. I just knowing what happened with Jake Fromm a couple years ago, I'll never really rule it out. The totally Jake Fromm thing was like really surprising because that was the COVID year. So we were not watching the draft from the stadium. Like we normally are. We were watching it from our couches, or at least I was. And I remember sitting there and I was like, Holy crap. Like Jake Fromm, he was a really, you know, big name coming out of college because of all of the success of Georgia. So I never saw that one playing out the Let way. Let me ask a question. Do you, I don't remember this exactly right. Cause COVID had just started a month before. So I don't know if they would have known, but were there any rumblings at that draft time that, Hey, we might have to have a guy just to kind of stash away for COVID protection. Maybe that's why they drafted him because that's uh, what he did. 
Yes, I remember him practicing away from the rest yeah. of the team. I mean, did they maybe game. do it with that in mind, even? That maybe. That's, that's interesting, right? All right, well, let's not spend too much on quarterback. I do want to ask you about middle linebacker because we got a clue from Brandon Bean yesterday what your thought is on this. He outright said, Matt Milano is not moving to Mike. He's the will yeah. linebacker. They, as of right now, will have a competition between Tyrell Dodson, um, Terrell Bernard, and Bale Inspector for that spot internally. That does not rule out, and he did not rule out drafting one or adding another via free agency. But I got a strong sense listening to him that they're going to try to do this internally and see how it works out. And that could be a great move because of the cost. It could also wind up having this team looking at themselves in training camp going, hmm, what are we doing here? We got to go do something else. I think it needs to be addressed. I don't think that your internal options are the, I guess it depends on the situation. If you can go into the draft, cause I feel like, okay, they're not, if, if you weren't going to get Levante David, if you're not going to end up getting Bobby Wagner, like, I don't really know what else is out there that would make you feel better about that person than the people you already have in your building, the people who already know your defense. I think if you go into the draft with a pretty open mind and somebody is there, available on either day one or day two, maybe you see how they slot into your team and you realize that that can address a long-term need on a cost controlled contract. I think that's what I would be doing. I wouldn't put like a need, like it has to be a first round pick or it has to be a second round pick. I just, I think you should be keeping your options open before you start to make that decision. Because I don't, I, I think that you can tread water with the people you currently have, but I don't think you can take the next step with the people you currently have. That's just my view on it. No, I totally get it. I think this is going to be a really interesting spot going forward for the bills. Um, as far as, uh, what to do at middle linebacker. So when you say address like free agent, like going out and spend some money, is there a draft pick it high in the draft, Jack Campbell? Like, what are we doing here? I think I, I still am team wide receiver in round one, but I think like a day two linebacker makes a lot of sense for this team. I also think even though I've been beating the drum about offense, 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 if you're sitting there on day two and there's a linebacker you love in the second or the third round, then you should probably do that. And then you also improve your odds because then you've got somebody who you draft this year and you've got Terrell Bernard and you're like, well, hopefully one of them works out. We don't know if both will work out or if neither will work out, but hopefully one of them works out. So that's the thing. I mean, if you can find a replacement level guy for a couple million dollars, then go do it. I just don't know how much better that's going to be than the people you already have. Do you give any credence to the thought of, listen, they drafted Terrell Bernard in the third round last year. They're going to want to see this through. You're like, you don't want to go to year two and go, oh, we have a linebacker job open, but we're just going to take our third round pick from last year and say, nah, you can't have it. No, but I think it's just weird. Maybe they do. It's just, it would be strange to me going from this monster of a human, Tremaine Edmonds, mm-hmm. to rolling out there with Bernard in Milano. Milano's an undersized linebacker. That's not a knock. He's still an unbelievable player. But it would be weird to me seeing those two line up next to each other, given what they've had the last few years. Do you think yeah. that's a possibility? Do you think that there's a chance they roll out Bernard in Milano? I do. I think, um, especially now having Jordan Poyer back in the middle of your defense, it makes you stronger and that maybe you can sacrifice. Look, on Terrell, on Tremaine Evans, excuse me. Like the one thing I think that, you know, was always lacking in his game was being physical at the point of attack, right? He, he just wasn't. And I think they probably feel that both those guys can do that. Although they are losing something, you're going to lose something with no matter who you have. I think it comes down to 
Like, are those guys really that bad? Because even if you decide that you want to, uh, you know, go with someone new, how much of a higher level are you getting for the cost? So I do think it's very possible that Terrell Bernard or Tyrell Dodson line up. Tyrell Dodson, this team, I, I know Bobby Babbage, Bob Babbage, before he retired, loved Tyrell Dodson, just loved uh-huh. him and said, this guy, like he could play in any team in this league. I think this team likes him so much. They've kept him around. He's played both positions. And on top of that, now have a guy in Bernard, they drafted in the third round that I do think that it's very possible. They say, look, this is why we have these guys. We we've seen them develop players. We've seen them take that approach before. I do not rule it out whatsoever. Well, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think on paper, their personnel is just as good going into the year. Yeah, we have the luxury of hindsight. Their roster last year was better than their roster this year was, but then they finished the year without so many of their main pieces available to them, without Jones, without Hyde, without Von Miller. You know, those guys you now have healthy going into the season. So that's why, yeah, like I still think that you should be going all in on offense because I just think that your defense is going to be good enough regardless if you address the position. But I also don't think you should pigeonhole yourself into ever thinking like we have have to take this position or this side of the team side of the field on any given moment, like, you know, just offense all the time. But if you love somebody in the, I'm trying to think it was, it was Reggie Ragland, right? Reggie Ragland was a second round pick and they drafted him because they loved the player and they didn't think he was going to be somebody who was going to be available. Now, ultimately it didn't end up working out, but it's like, if that ends up happening, something similar, you go and you draft an offensive player in the first round, and you're planning on drafting, I don't know, a backup offensive lineman in the second round or, you know, some sort of running back or whatever. Maybe you take a swing on just drafting a linebacker. All right. Well, before we head on out of here, there is one more free agent we have to discuss. Matt, they finally did it. The Sabres have signed Devin. <laughs> Levi, and we knew they yeah, couldn't yeah. do it until the season was over. The goaltender from Northeastern college yeah. hockey. You know, did he win the, you know, he's not the Hobie Baker award winner, but he's like the goaltender of the year. He's the conference. It's the, it's the Richter, the Richter award. He wins the goalie of the year again. So just your thoughts on Devin Levi and what seems like a very strong possibility that he's playing for the Buffalo Sabres very, very soon. Like within the next week, goalies are weird. Projecting what happens to a goalie is almost impossible because it wasn't that long ago that UPL was on this different stratosphere as a prospect. And people were like, this guy is going to be the real deal. And it happens all the time in the NHL. But what he has been able to do at Northeastern is historically dominant. Like you look at his numbers and they're like Ryan Miller's. I am not saying he is going to be Ryan Miller, but his numbers are like Ryan Miller. The NHL game is going to be a really big transition for him. He's a little bit undersized. He's not as big as Ryan Miller was, at least tall. So it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. But if I'm betting on somebody, I'm betting on him. I think what's going to happen is he's going to get some games this year to see how he fares. If he looks amazing, then they probably try and figure out a plan for him next year where he's in Buffalo. What I think is more realistic is that he gets a couple games now because he's going to report to Buffalo next year. He's the bona fide starter in Rochester. And if he looks really good, then they call him up at the end of next year and they let him just, you know, ride it out. But I don't think they're going to rush this as like a long-term he's your starter, but I do think it's very realistic that we see him play three or four games from now until the end of the season. 
he doesn't play Sunday against the Bruins, right? There's no way. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't, you don't throw a goalie out there against that team. How about Tuesday against the predators? So I've been looking at the schedule once they found out that it was going to be official. It's tough because I don't think you want to wait until Monday, March 27th at home against the Canadians to do it. So the predators might be your best option because you're playing the Islanders next Saturday, like really you know, that's a huge game. You probably are starting Craig Anderson in that game. So I think it's either the predators or I think it might be the devils. Now I know the devils are really good this year, but the devils are really good. Not just because of their offense. They're really good because they just play a really good balanced game. And it would be a home game and it would be a home game. You know, it'll be a Friday night. So you're going to have a full barn. And I know that they love when those players can get that experience with actually like people in the building. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's the most likely debut spot for him. Well, come for the bills. Talk, say stay for the Sabres talk a little bit here on it's always game day in Buffalo. Let me just correct myself. Not a free agent. Devin Levi, they kept him from becoming a free agent. He could have been next year, but the Sabres had his rights and they signed him. Anyway, that's another podcast that you could listen to about that. Maybe we'll do that someday. All right, Matt, you go be with that beautiful daughter of yours and your family. Enjoy being a father. And we'll talk again very, very soon. I'm sure maybe we'll have to do an emergency podcast. If the bills make another move or something. Yeah, what would be the level of move they would have to make to do an emergency? Like, does Bobby trade, Wagner trade for a name wide receiver? Okay, name wide receiver Bobby Wagner that would require uh, maybe, an emergency maybe. podcast, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, would Zeke? Uh, yeah, because I would be mad. Like, come on, what are we doing? Oh, I don't, I don't like it, but I keep seeing it out. A name there, like so. that, yeah, a name like that, a trade, yeah. You get you bring in a big big name like that's an emergency pod. It's just got if it's a known name around the league, a Wagner, a Zeke, a Derrick Henry, uh, a trade for DeAndre Ooh, Hopkins, right? Derek, those Zino were BJ. those are emergency podcast names. That is for sure. But hopefully that doesn't happen for the sake of you know our sanity, and we can just do this again early next week iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, download, subscribe, throw us a nice review and five-star rating. It's always game day in Buffalo.